0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? I'm just balling, bro. Pivoting, passing, shooting the rock. Yeah, that's how it goes, right? That's part of the game. That's part of this, part of the hustle, for sure. Oh, I thought we were talking. I thought this episode was that, that basketball. I was watching Kansas University play this weekend. You know, I'm a big Jayhawks fan, and you know, the pivot it lets me slide back and forth and do a lot of different moves. And uh, didn't you once say to me your favorite move is the pivot? You know, I would love to watch you uh, hustle some guys at basketball. That'd be great dude uh, they'd have to be okay the only the only hustling i was I, i'm capable of doing at basketball would have been my daughter's first grade team i was gonna that, say uh, probably <laughs> probably your kids <laughs> yeah yeah we had our first basketball practice on saturday there wasn't a lot of pivoting going on there was they, a lot of grabbing the ball and running they probably just um, run right a through bit your of, legs yeah. no no not my daughter she's pretty tall she's taller than the other kids but yeah, there wasn't much pivoting going on there. A lot of traveling, um, a lot of double <laughs> dribbling, a little bit of crying, and a lot of confusion for, for practice one. Sounds you know, about right. It's a... That's a little different than when a startup pivots, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we get too far into that, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io, hoping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So hopefully you don't have to pivot as soon, or maybe not at all. We'll never find, we'll never know. So Matt, a startup pivot occurs when a company shifts its business strategy to accommodate changes in its industry, customer preference, or any other factor that impacts its bottom line. Drastic pivots are the ones you tend to hear about, but not every pivot is a fundamental change to an entire company. So when you think about a pivot, what do you think about? Survival, learning,
1: reacting to what you learn, listening to customers.
0: Yeah, I think one of the key things in the definition that I just read is, I think pivots occur all the time. I mean, I think they make little, little pivots. I mean, and these are just like, sometimes like simple lane changements or adjustments. I think those are technically pivots. Uh, If you look at the, the, the kind of visualization of a pivot, like we were joking around with basketball, that's one foot on the ground and you can spin in any direction. So you could pass, shoot, do something different. And that's really what they're all about. And I think that Um, you're right though. I think that most of the time it is more survival based or wanting or, or, or wanting to prevent survival, like the, well, I don't want to say survival, wanting to prevent like the need for a true, like survival escape plan. Well, in full scale in general was one giant pivot.
1: If you remember, right? Like, you know, you were, Yes, we know. Yeah, you we were doing business for a, a friend, right? <laughs> Writing software for his uh, shoe boutique or whatever we want to call it, and uh, yeah. decided, hey, you
0: know what? We can create software for other people, and they pay us for it. Maybe we could do more of that. Yeah, I think that that wasn't as much of a pivot. And what we're talking about is, you know, Matt and I became business partners at GigaBook, but we had the plan was to later down the road provide some client services. Through the offices that we had set up in the Philippines, so I don't know if that was necessarily a pivot or if that was just an acceleration of the timeline you know so but a little bit I, the, now sometimes the, that's actually a good let's start on a let's start on a positive pivot note because we actually you know we had uh, you know set up our what is now the full- scale office in the Philippines, and it was to take care of of, of our own needs primarily. And then as we realized there was a huge demand for the potential services, we moved a plan up that was supposed to occur roughly like a year later, and it went really well. So sometimes a pivot can you know, be that acceleration in in the timeline or pointing the ship in a different direction because the waters are a little less choppy
1: well, and that that acceleration or pivot became the main thing,
0: <laughs> right like yeah that, that's what yeah. happened, yeah you know well that's that's a good pivot then, yeah, and yeah that's uh I now one of the things that I think that is important to remember if you're starting a new business is to think about possible pivots, changes, different use cases, scenarios for which you could open up more opportunities for really anything well especially when you're doing software there's usually
1: some sort of services component that can be attached to it or other offshoots of the software other uses of the software and it usually can go a lot of different directions but as founders we usually are pretty hard-headed about one of those things and we you know want to want to die on that sword on that hill
0: (laughs) instead of pivoting it happens a lot and many do die on many hills Um, yeah Now, you know that i think you bring up a good point too is that so many people are really stubborn when it comes to pivoting do you think that's just like ego and just like stubbornness or it could be what they're passionate
1: about or what they, you know, they go around telling all their investors and friends and family that this is what we do and whatever. And then for them to decide like a couple of weeks later, they don't do that anymore is a hard pill to swallow too. Right. So they feel like they're letting go of the dream if, if they make too big of a change, but you got to do it. And, um, you know, my last two companies that ended up being pretty successful, both had some pivots along the way as well. So it,
0: it happens. I'm looking at our show notes here and they're giving a um they're giving an example. Our production team said that Instagram was originally a service called bourbon, B U R B N, which was a location based check in app.
1: That sounds like a terrible idea.
0: That was apparently a pretty good idea though. A pretty good Remember Foursquare. <laughs> no, nah, nobody yes. remembers that anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> barely barely so,
1: yeah. so was this a place you go to an app you you go to drink bourbon like that's a stupid ass name i don't know i don't know well really, they obviously really made know. the right decision when they pivoted away from a bourbon drinking app i guess that you check into i don't know
0: what the hell it was instagram per acquired for one billion dollars which many startup experts refer to as the best and worst acquisition ever, depending on on whose side of the table you were on. How could it be worst? Is, and
1: worst? I don't know. I mean, who? I have
0: a heart. I know. I know. But it's, you know, it's just wildly more valuable I than right, that. It was but like yeah,
1: 12 people total in that company and they sold it like 18 months later for a billion dollars. I don't know who got the worst into that deal.
0: It was terrible. How, how are those people managing know. to get by, Matt? I don't how, know. How do they survive? I just I don't the, understand. The, the, they need to pivot their personal lifestyles into something clearly more affordable because if you can't live off of a billion dollars and you have some issues. All right. So one of the things I think that when I hear people say, well, we've made a plan and now we have to stick to it. Do
1: you? No. No, you don't.
0: I mean, I've uh, you, you, we've talked a lot for for people that have owned a lot of different businesses and lo- and done a lot of different things. Um, we are often devout of a truly detailed written plan, and that's because the details change a lot.
1: I mean, well, is that you, a bad thing? And you just learn as you go, right? Like one of the the next examples in in the list here we had was Slack. Um, which was Stuart Butterfield, it was originally used an internal communication platform for another company he had um, that decided to build an internal tool. And then his original company failed, but Slack kind of spun out of it, right? And you hear that same story a lot too, right? Like these companies build some internal thing or solve some industry problem. And then that thing becomes really valuable and spun out like I was part of that a long time ago in the ticket industry I worked for a ticket broker and I helped them create some ticketing software that uh, we sold to a whole bunch of ticket brokers and and it was acquired by StubHub and eBay right like you know sometimes you get this a lot where companies internally build something and then that something else becomes really valuable
0: I think that happens a lot I mean, I think that's one of the, you know, we've talked about the different, in in, in the past, the different reasons that people start a business or start a company. And, you know, that, and that same, didn't that same, that same, Guy you worked for started, had a different version of that. Was yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Russ. Cause he, yeah. Russ he was an even better podcast version. before. He had an even better one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, as a ticket broker, one of the main things they do is ship a lot of tickets, right? Via UPS and FedEx. And he constantly had to deal with them being delivered late or not being delivered at all, which of course is a huge problem if you're sending tickets. But, you know, when you send, spend like millions of dollars a year on shipping, um, you know, if UPS doesn't deliver it on time, you're supposed to get a credit back. So we actually worked on this and I worked on this myself 20 years ago when I worked there of software to audit FedEx and UPS bills around if the if the packages were delivered on time. And that ended up being a company he spun out called Veriship that was here in Kansas City that was wildly successful um, that has since sold. And yeah, that was another thing that spun out of that business. So... Yeah, and great entrepreneurs tend to do that, right? They have one business, but they at the same time, they're kind of creating other things that sometimes get spun out that are bigger than the original thing. It was way bigger than the ticket business ever was.
0: Yeah, VeraShip is now called sifted. So yeah, that was uh, yeah, and 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 maybe we should have Russ back on because that's a that's a pivot master. That was that even a pivot, though? Was that a pivot or was that like
1: it was just something that so was like, born. It was born out yeah. of the greater, you know, goal, right? It's like, oh, we need to build this thing, but that thing ended up being bigger. And it wasn't so much a pivot; it was just letting that thing, you know, grow and mature, and then letting it become its own company. But in
0: some sense, it's a pivot, right? Like it's a change of focus over time. That business gave birth to two businesses that were that ended up being far bigger than the original business. Yeah yep absolutely that's when that's when that's when things are going right. That's when things are going right now, in the past, we've done episodes, you know this is the forty third part of a fifty two part series, which much like most startups, we're gonna deliver our products late on our fifty two part series. I think that that's pretty much something we can count on um but knowing that things take longer and cost more than originally. Uh, originally the the original assumption or guess or estimate uh, causes companies to run out of money now this is kind of a redundant fact because it says on my list here that thirty seven percent of companies that fail say that running out of money was the reason why pretty sure that 's the reason that all of them run out that all of them go out of business, but that often puts a lot of pressure on companies and that sometimes the pivot much like, you know, obviously the, the, we were making basketball references. It's kind of like the full court press and you got all these guys, uh, you know, in the back court trying to prevent you from passing the ball up the field. Well, your own budgets and timelines cause you to kind of wing the ball down the court and hope that a, a member of your team grabs it and in the, in the business sense, it's more along the lines of hoping that you can generate some revenue. You can do something different, um, I mean, overall, that that lack of direction can also lead to no investor interest because you're stuck explaining what it what it is. Okay, so what do you do? Uh, We help everyone with everything. I've heard Matt Watson ask someone that after them giving us a pitch for 10 minutes.
1: It's still not understanding what it is that you do. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want you all to picture Matt Watson and then someone giving a pitch and after 10 minutes and and you said what I was thinking. So I appreciate that, but it leads to, you know, this can, a pivot can lead to a lack of understanding of what you're supposed to be focused on, not only for your investors, but also for your company. So when it comes to a pivot, how do you, I mean, how do you sell it all the way up and down the line? It's really hard, and actually, let's
1: talk about Stackify for an example of this. You know, we built a free tool called Prefix, and you know, we we originally built it as a lead generator. Um, so, so it was a free tool that people would download, and you know, our goal was that people would download it and then they would buy our other paid product. And there was a long time that we all thought, like the entire management team thought, like, you know, what should we just shut down our main product? and focus on this free tool and sell this free tool. We never did. And to this day, I still wonder, it's like, should we have made that pivot? Because that free tool had really no competition. People loved it. They would have definitely paid for it. Where our primary product was very competitive and, and we were in a tough, a tough you know uh, industry vertical that, that we were competing in, should we have pivoted to that tool? And we didn't. And to this day, we'll just never know what, what could have happened? But it's so hard to then think about, well, if we would have made that pivot, how would it have changed the entire company, right? Like, Oh, we have all these salespeople and we have this and that, and whatever. And it's like, no, I don't need them anymore. If we go this direction, right? Like, and that's a hard pill to swallow. And that's one of the reasons that people don't do it. And that was one of the reasons that we were hesitant to do it is because it's like we had spent years building this other product to just all of a sudden say, yeah, we don't care about that anymore. is really difficult to do. Was some of that a bandwidth thing? Well, it would have been a focus thing, right? Just imagine if instead of like our free tool was kind of the the rotten stepchild that didn't get a lot of attention, right? Just think if we could have put all of our muscle and focus behind that free tool and turn it into a paid product, could it have been a big thing, right? But it's so hard to turn your back on the other part of the business. I mean, it's it's really hard, but you know what? We might've been we might have been a billion dollar unicorn if we would have done it you just never know
0: and you know, and another business that you were involved with at Ven solutions after your acquisition that company kind of got forced into a pivot when i say a forced pivot what didn't you say there were four or five different things that the company did but then the new party just said the, the new owner said we're doing one of them
1: well, yeah. And so th- that's the problem run into an acquisition, right? So you had autotrader.com who acquired Venn Solutions, but they also acquired a whole bunch of other things, right? And one of the great things about Vin Solutions is it it was a platform that did several different things for car dealers. So it managed their inventory and their websites. It was a CRM system and and different different things. Well, when Autotrader goes out and acquires other companies that do websites and other companies that do inventory and other pieces of this, all of a sudden now they're looking at their portfolio and they're going back to Venn solutions. And they're like, ah, eh, we only want you to do CRM now and tear apart all this other great stuff that you did. The reason that people bought your product, now they have to buy that from some other company we acquired. Yeah. It's like 3% better and it's not integrated very good. And we're going to charge a lot more for it. It's like, I mean, that's frustrating to see too, right? Like they, they, what was great about a company because of the acquisitions, they tear the baby apart and piece it out. Um, And my dad still works there and and he has to deal with this like, oh, we got to spend the next two years migrating people from one platform to another. And it's like, they get the same shit, but we got to migrate them from one to another so they can justify why they acquired this other company. Like, welcome to the corporate world.
0: Yeah, Now, but those two examples are on the complete opposite of the spectrum from each other one's yeah. like a company you owned and was actively in motion and growing and the others not yours anymore i mean that's like yeah. getting upset on some levels that's like getting upset that you sold a car and you found out later that they painted it a different color that you didn't like yeah. it's like you know it's like you you may have that that car may have been your baby you might have like been man i have all these great memories I made my first child in that car. There you go. TMI. <laughs> and you're like, I can't believe they painted it green. But but that's part of it though. Now that's a different story. Um, now you you look at some of these things and it's easy to I think it's easy to to look at things on paper or hypothetically, and then you say, Oh, we'll we'll pivot over to this lane and we'll do this, and this is what we'll focus on. But once you get off of that sheet of paper, part of what, like when you were talking about the Stackify situation and the free tool, and this is where, you know, the things that you, okay, these things can be disheartening internally because it's hard to tell someone it's like, Hey dude, so I know you've spent two years of your life working on this. Um, pretty much like it's all you do, but we're gonna, we're gonna throw it in the trash now. Um. And I need you to get really excited about this other thing (laughs) that you weren't working on that everyone else that we've been telling everyone was just our free giveaway. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's like, I feel like that's the conversation that you have with the employee that has to hold the arrow on the busy street that says, like, (laughs) turn here to sell gold. You're like, hey, look, I need you to spin it and throw it up and dance with it with some real authority. I really need you to sell this to everyone driving by that. You really want to be here and do this. Like it's probably, I don't know. I mean, it's that that's tough. I mean, you run into the same thing. It's uh, with in the creative world. So, you know, if you're in a creative, if you're, if you do not like, hearing about why anything you've made is good or bad, do not get into creative services. Because typically, like in that case, you're going to tell your designer, make me six. That means you're throwing five of them away. That means someone is heading into that day's task knowing that 83% of their output is going to just like, I don't know, it's going to come and go and no one's going to think about it. Yeah. Working in any kind
1: of graphic design, marketing, creative kind of stuff, it's got to be, got to be difficult. You got to be able to accept feedback, right? And uh, do a lot of pivoting for sure.
0: (laughs) Yep. yep. Make my logo bigger.
1: (laughs) Number one feedback.
0: Turn my left headphone up, please. More cowbell, all of it. More cowbell. It's like, oh man. Uh, But I mean, that's, that's the world that, that, you live in, and you know that's going to go from anything from startups to like home building. I was talking to Eric Perkins, who's on Startup Hustle TV with us, and about that in a previous episode. Which, by the way, over the last year has been our most popular episode. So thank you, Eric, for co- talking about home builder entrepreneurship. But you know, part of I think part of as of get, and he's our age or in between our age, Matt, and you know, in his early forties, and he said, "Hey, look, I work for the customer." And that that's an evolved outlook. Actually, is like knowing, and that's when when you what you need to think about when you ask should you should your startup pivot? And you know, we're going to talk more about that after a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And you know, I want to say thanks to so many of the listeners and supporters out there. Um, we're this week is Startup Hustle's fourth birthday, Matt. We're turning four. Wow, that's crazy. Four years, yeah, so this this episode comes out on December tenth, and uh t- the birthday is December seventh, four years ago, man. almost seven hundred and fifty episodes, two point five million downloads later, one hundred and ninety countries when we quit counting. We may have picked up a few of the other ones, I'm assuming we have but but thank you people, and thank you for full scale and all the staff that helps us make this show happen and thank you for all of the the myriad people that have gone to fullscale.io and filled out the form at the get started page you know i was just talking to i talked to two of our listeners last week that were interested in what full scale does and it's always so humbling and to hear uh you know i talked to one lady um who was just really excited she said wow i can't believe i'm talking to you and said yeah i'm just a guy looking for something to do <laughs> You know, <laughs> he was <talking> to <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Not. Definitely not. No, but are are, uh, are, you know, are we just, like F list celebrities, like E list, D list? Like, where, I, my where wife, would I be? My wife, ask, my wife asked me that at, at our two millionth download, just joking around. And I said, yeah, we are G list local niche celebrities. When do we get invited to the Grammys and the Oscars? We don't. They don't give them out for podcasting. <laughs> do they have like the potties? That's, mm. that doesn't even sound good either. Potty anyway, so, <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was for, it was, it was roughly four years ago today that oh, that's crazy. I showed up with a, with a hundred dollar microphone and an old laptop and said, we're doing a fucking podcast. Here we about go. What we're gonna figure it out. And if you're listening to this episode and it's your first one, don't go back and start at episode one. Listen to them backwards, if anything. So yeah, all well, right. So so, so so
1: getting getting back to the 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 pivot stories here, you know, looking at our show notes, what blows me away, Instagram, <laughs> Slack, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll talk about Twitter.
0: Give the Twitter we're example. All, we're that's all crazy. Born
1: I didn't know this. All four of those billion dollar companies were pivots. That's insane. So talk, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter says yeah, yeah. it was originally a platform discovering and subscribing to podcast. And then they quickly figured out that competing with iTunes for that would probably be very difficult. And then I guess settled on doing, you know, the messaging service it is today. And and uh you know what's crazy about social media is there are different types of social media for different types of like um industries or topics that are way bigger than others like like if you want to learn about cryptocurrency stuff twitter's the place to be but if you want to look at pretty pictures then you want to go to instagram or whatever like it's just crazy how there's they all live for different reasons by the way but i can't believe all these major social platforms were uh pivots youtube was originally a dating site that makes sense what i was thinking Either that or porn, I mean, that's usually the origin of a lot of technology, <laughs> dating or porn.
0: <laughs> just like Facebook, it was Man. dating originally. I just look at that. Now, you know, there's something that that really you look, okay, so you look at all these things. All right, so we're, we'll go back and we'll just try to talk about the pivot. So Instagram, I mean, they became something completely different. Right. I mean, completely different Slack. That's, that's, that's a, uh, that's just a solid pivot. There was an internal communications platform and it was created for a failed game, like yep. a gaming, like gaming. Right. And then Why they the hell said, are oh, they building a, a
1: communication platform is what I want to know. <laughs> they just spent their time making the game. Maybe the game would work. Maybe if
0: they're making the game, it wouldn't have yeah. failed. But, th- but, but dude, that bad. happens a lot. Yeah. That happens a lot. There's like this, like, Weird albatross inside so many around the neck of so many businesses. And they're trying to build one component. And, you know, I I remember uh, this was actually right before we started the podcast, like a few months. And it was funny. You and I had had just started talking. You remember when I went out to San Francisco for TechCrunch and I went out there with my family and I remember and I was talking to people about Gigabook because part of what I was wanting to do was see who I could partner up with that would need a booking engine. And I talked to so many businesses that have, you know, so many different businesses have calendaring, booking and scheduling components on them. And I kept talking to people and they were like, yeah, we're going to do that, but we're saving it for last. I'm like, and I'm, and I would, I remember literally talking to one guy, I said, your platform doesn't work without this. He said, yeah, we got to get the other stuff right first. And I, and I remember thinking, I don't think, you know, how, how complex some of this stuff is because you if you talk about creating schedules and doing booking and scheduling it seems like it's really easy you're like you take a day you take a name a time a date and a little other info and you put it on a calendar now that's not that hard but what is hard is all the the 12 different things that can occur with that after all the things that it might need to link to and this is an example of some of these th- these albatross, and that's an old phrase and saying for something that weights you down and will just sink you to the ground or the bottom of the ocean floor. And I think a lot of companies get get stuck into pivoting because they build two out of three parts of whatever it is that they're wanting to do. And for some reason, they don't get one part of it right, or they run out of resources, or they realize that, I don't know, like, maybe that wasn't even a big thing. You know, you look at like you talk about Twitter. That's crazy. I did not realize Twitter had originally started as a platform to subscribe to podcasts. Now in 2005, dude, who who would listen to a podcast in 2005?
1: Well, and and to put it in perspective, the iPhone came out in 2003, right? And right. so th- this was super early days and the and the concept of podcast must have been very much in infancy.
0: So, so I was recording a show last week and, uh, and one of the things we talked about is there, you know, sometimes you're wrong as a startup founder, (laughs) like you're just wrong. You know, you just think something's going to happen and it doesn't. And then sometimes you're early, which is the same thing as wrong. It's not it's the same result often as wrong. So, you know, I think a lot of pivots occur too, because you know, I was, I'm not going to get into all the different examples, but, you know, I'm kind of a documentary film nut and I watched recently watched some stuff about Silicon Valley. I was watching about the dot com boom. And this is in 2000, you know, right before it. I mean, there was a lot of really great ideas that were just well, well, well before their time. And you look at this 2005, like, uh, uh, subscribing to podcasts dude i remember six years ago people didn't even know what a podcast i talk to people all the time okay this is how i know you're either 86 or you're not into the digital age and oh yeah i'll 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 watch your podcast (laughs) okay (laughs) okay i'll make sure to watch that soon i'm like wow but people ask still ask me all the time. They say, "Well, what's I don't even what is a podcast? I don't even know what it is." And I just describe it. I'm just like it's it's modern it's it's modern talk radio. Well, but, and you know, it, it, we've pivoted the show. Like we've they, had video you know, for Thanks it. for joining us, Lee. Yeah. Well, how about Lauren and Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we pivoted into having more hosts and creating more content and and multiplying what we're doing. So we found a formula and, that was working both from a show perspective and some of the other things we changed too. Is if you have been listening for a while, we used to do shows with more than one person on them, and now we kind of pivoted back to only two people and like just like me and Matt or me and a guest or whoever. And some of that was also, it was easier. It's easier. You record a better show with two people on it because it's easier to get a rhythm and have a conversation. Where with the third person, we found, there was times when we'd come out of like a show with three people and we're like, I don't know what to say or when or where or how, or was that what yeah. you normally say or whatever? So sometimes you hope. just look at yeah, you start to look at making simple little changes, and you know, I want to go back one second. I want to talk. I want to ask you a little bit about the sacrifice thing with the free tool. Would it have been as popular if it wasn't free?
1: That's the har- that's the hard part, right? You don't know, and and maybe there's still a free version, but you strip down what's free, and and you make a more compelling paid version, and and stuff like that too, right? It could be like there's still a free version, but. We added so many things to it that people are willing to pay for it or maybe it's free for individual use or consumer use or free if you don't work at a corporation or if you work at a corporation with more than X employees, it has to be paid or whatever, right? Like There's different schemes there to figure out, but yeah,
0: until you explore all of it and put the energy into it, you just don't know. So with the main product that you had built, and I remember when, and this was right around, so for a little, we're getting a little nostalgic today, but I think that this is important because, you know, we started the podcast about a month after I moved in to the office at Sacify with you. And here I was just some dude. I'm like just a guy that had written some books. I had done some other stuff and we were trying to figure out exactly what we were doing But I remember that the main product that you had built, one of the 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 paid product, one of the problems was is it needed to support like a gazillion different coding languages.
1: Yeah. So you had
0: built like these couple pillars that held things up, and then you needed to multiply those. And was the daunting nature of that task part of why you're like, well, we just won't mess with the free product right now. We'll let it do what it does. Or
1: that yeah, that's part of it too, and that's something else we could have pivoted on right is saying, look, we're only gonna support one programming language. You know, like, oh, we're gonna focus on Microsoft Azure only and, you know, dot net developers or something, versus trying to support everybody, right? Um, but we thought all along that if we didn't support everybody that we'd never be able to sell the company. And so many of our customers used multiple languages. So it's like, well we have we have to do this. But it was a huge undertaking to do. So again, it's we could have pivoted to
0: it- it's easy to be an entrepreneur and look in the rearview mirror and have all the right answers, you know. Oh and, yeah. I mean i I think about the same thing with Gigabook, and you know, I look at so Gigabook is broad, and it just like the, the the total addressable market or user base is it's too wide, and and that's a problem. Now, one of the things I want to point out in all of these cases, okay, everything from Instagram. So you might think Instagram is a generalist kind of thing. It's not. It's like you post pictures. Or then maybe videos, but they're, it's actually very narrow. Like you get a picture or you get less than 60 seconds worth of video. Like that's what it is. And now yeah, you so can choose what become you want in The more generalized version, right? You can do pictures or yeah. text or video or whatever.
1: And everybody hates it.
0: Right. Now Slack was, Slack was originally kind of like an instant message kind of thing. And then it became in many ways an integration hub when it comes to communication and it, and it broadened. You look at... Uh, at Twitter, so Twitter was uh, originally in 2005. It says here it was Odeo, and then when it became Twitter, it was uh, it was actually uh, kind of marketed as a micro blogging platform, yeah. and that was like the term that they used. And part of and now I think that Jack Dorsey and the folks over at Twitter got it right because it, Twitter has, um, if you talk about onboarding, uh, it has it is like always one of the examples when it comes to onboarding as like how to, because they made it really, really fast and easy to get in and get moving. Like absolutely, start your micro blogging page now. And the whole, thing. and people were looking at it when it came out they're like 160 characters. What am I going to do with that? You know, it's like, but they made it fast to get in there and fast to do stuff. You talk about YouTube. So YouTube, according to our notes here, was originally a dating site that allowed singles to upload videos as themselves talking about what they wanted in a partner. That wasn't a new concept, you know, back in the, for the history of like pre-internet, they used to, there was like dating sites and services where you, you know, they would, you'd get a VCR, like a VHS tape. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt. I like long walks on the beach pivoting my startup and you know doing this and like then you'd send in a letter and be like I'd yeah. really like to meet this Matt you know and so that wasn't a new thing but but all of these things they were originally made for a very hyper specific purpose and then just made to do a, a different hyper specific purpose and um, so last uh, I was recording an episode recently with one of Miami's top startups and they have, uh, they have, uh, okay. You talk about an old concept with a newer feel this company and they're called audience.co. Matt, do you remember when I used to get to work every day and I'd write, I'd write 10 handwritten notes and I'd put them in a box with one of my books and send them to a startup founder with a note that was like, you know, all that. And I, I, I do, you know, five, 10, 15 of those a day. Yeah. They, they built wrote, do they built again. handwriting. That, well, they, they, I don't need to because I'm going to subscribe to audience.co. It does hand, it's handwriting robot, and it writes all your notes with it. Now, that's not a new thing. That's not new technology, and the handwritten note goes back as far as paper and pen, but they put a new twist on it that made it easier to do and made it more customizable into the actual whole like flow of sales and marketing. And you know, here's the point: is all these other things, like you, the the video of someone talking about what they wanted in a partner, wasn't a new thing. Um, the you know, like the same thing with Twitter. Um, I was microblogging. That was kind of new at the time. Um, communication from one. Okay, so as Slack was coming out, I mean, dude, what what was it? AOL Instant Messenger wasn't that like the the first AIM. Wasn't that like one of the first things where you're like pinging someone and then you had Skype and, you know, now there's... There's a been a
1: bunch of there. different messaging things. And and actually Slack was kind of a, a redo and improvement of ICQ. That was really the the best probably um, analogy. And a lot of people have never used ICQ. I never really used <sighs> either. So, but it was more similar to ICQ.
0: So so I'll give you an example. So this this guy, that Jesse Stein, who is the founder of Audience.co... He's clearly and found a niche with realtors because, you know, that was like his thing. It's all over the site. And you can tell that he took off and ran with it because some of the things, too, that they do and they added in were the ability to help them find leads and do it mm-hmm. like bring in the data, send notes and make them look handwritten. Dude, they're pretty clever. Like, you know, you ever get a note, a handwritten note, like it makes mistakes like little goofy ones to just kind of like keep keep it feeling authentic so it doesn't feel printed but you can take a lot of old specific things and now he's not pivoting his business by focusing on real estate people he just found traction that's what you matt will often matt watson will often refer to as a traction channel so this is that when you say should you pivot i don't know if that's a pivot or if that's just an acceleration into traction i mean this it, do you consider that a pivot like one of the things I, I i regret with gigabook was not making it an industry specific platform and we talked about that four or five years ago it's like you know and we wanted to, we we could have picked one industry or we thought about picking like a handful of them like just making well, like the- 10 things that no one was ever going to do and just being fucking amazing at all of them because we'd never have any competition
1: well that's the thing right is in hindsight, you're like, man, we should have just went all in on escape rooms. But at the time you're sitting there thinking like, well, why would we do that? We should do massage parlors or, or spas or beauty parlor. You're like, whatever, (laughs) like there's such bigger industries. Why would we do this escape room thing? And, but then there ended up being a lot of competition in those other ones and escape rooms was new. So it's hard when you have a product that can be tailored to a lot of different industries like gigabook where you're like oh, i want to serve everybody i want i want the whole world versus like do i double down and really bet the house on one specific thing and it could be you do two or three right you you make a version of gigabook that is specific to to one of those and you kind of rename it and make an industry specific product or whatever which is probably the best thing to do is you, you you make two or three smaller bets and figure out which one wins and then you chase the winner and cut loose the losers but um, it's hard to do that as an entrepreneur because you're like, I want to serve everyone. I want everyone as a customer, which ends up being the doom of a lot of them.
0: Well, and then sometimes you have things in like you mentioned, uh, uh, kind of the the stepchild attention. So you know, yeah. Full Scale had started with with Gigabook and wanting to do developers and and flex on some relationships and things I built in the Philippines over the past year. And you said to me, at one point you said, you know, we were talking about the plan and moving forward and you literally said to me, this was, I mean, in a similar timeline as the, as the podcast had occurred, you said, I think once you see these contracts piling up at 3,500 to $5,500 a month, that that's going to consume all your focus and it did and it has and that's been part of it and then you know then we get a pandemic and we have a ra- rapidly growing business and on some levels too if your business has multiple components i think that's okay you know i think it's okay to you got to focus on the things that are going to have the biggest impact now and later for your company and that was one of the things and you and i have both talked about that cuz full scale in today's episode of start Hustles brought to you by full scale go to fullscale.io we hope you build software and build teams of people that hopefully stick with you for a really long time. Now, when it, you know, when it comes to, to, you know, like the stuff you're doing at the business, like it, I I personally, like in all the different entrepreneurial things I've done, they've always had many tentacles. They've had different things. Like when I own my ticket business, you know, we had Gigabook, we had a, we had a, basically had a marketing business where we owned a bunch, we bought and sold tickets. We built websites that people did that, you know, that people use as marketplace for tickets. And there's all these different components that I had to my business as an entrepreneur. Now at your startup, that not might not be a reality. So that helped me, saved me and honestly satisfied my, my entrepreneurial ADD at the time. But It also hurt me because when I went out and tried to get investors or partners at Gigabook and sometimes they'd they'd ask me, they said, well, are you going to work full time for this business? And I said, well, that's really tough for me to do right now because I got this other thing that's printing money over on the other side of the business. And, you know, so sometimes, sometimes the pivot, the focus, the attention, it can get watered down. So. I mean, I really, at this point, you know, as I've, as, as I always get so reflective around the startup hustle birthday and the end of the year, Matt, but I think really in the end, the moral of the story with all these is, you know, like, I I think that, you know, they say riches in the niches, but you got to pick one thing and you got to be good at it. You got to be like, really, really fucking good at it.
1: You got to give it time. Like I I was talking to a friend the other day that worked at some company and the the biggest problem they had is... (laughs) you know, the whole management team gets together and they all agree on what they're going to do. And then like two weeks later, the CEO has a totally different idea and wants to do something totally different. And it's really difficult for the company to be successful at anything if you have constant change in direction and you don't give any of those ideas enough time to materialize. Now, the the problem in an early, early stage startup is you're just trying to find anything that works. And sometimes you're just like a dog chasing a bone which is a little understandable, but once you get something that works, you've got to give it time to grow and, and, and time to succeed too. And that's the really hard part as a startup when you're like in a lot of urgency, like we don't have a lot of money. we got to make this work. we got to sell some stuff. It's really hard to be patient too. Um, but that, that focus and sticking to a plan is something that plagues companies of all shapes and sizes. I mean, even to the largest companies in the world, right? Like all of a sudden Facebook thinks they're going to be a metaverse company
0: now i guess they're called meta now matt they're called meta i know it's
1: no longer facebook it's just but companies have that problem too where they just they lose focus and uh that's really difficult on the business and the team too
0: i don't think there's a prescribed amount of time though i mean it's like you mentioned now two 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 weeks i mean that's like you can't that I mean, change management is different for everyone. And I'll tell you one thing is that m- most people hate change. So, you know, that's kind of like the, if you at most people's biggest fear is public speaking, not death, you know, it's like the change is up there on the list. That's why also on the list of, of like most dreaded life events, moving, changing jobs, getting married. These are all change. That's all change. So you got to think about if And if people you're constantly like changing. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. All right, so here we are. We're at the end of episode 43 of 52. Thanks for joining me again, Matt, and happy birthday. Absolutely. For start for Startup Hustle. <laughs> Only 17 more years before we can take the show drinking. Oh. It's going to be a hell of a be, night. I might be it's too be old that. to drink then. Dude, me too. In 17 years, I'll be... <laughs> i'll be 63 man <laughs> and if my wife has her way i'll probably be at a high school graduation and i won't be able to go so yeah if you figure that out that's the, the asking for a third kid so what what matt what sticks out about this show i mean i think you and i we've both uh you know we didn't even talk about the pivots where you just pivot something into the trash can um and, well you know, and that, i think that's, that's an important something but yeah
1: yeah, and 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 that gets back to opportunity costs, right? You're like, oh, we're spending all our time trying to make this thing work. At some point in time, we're losing out on a massive opportunity of this other thing, right? And and there's a component of of an opportunity cost there. It's like a failing fast sort of thing, right? Um, it's it's all related to that.
0: Yeah. So a couple other things, and you know, we use the end of the show to talk about what we. What we liked or what we didn't like, and there's a couple notes that. Uh, so, fifty-five percent of businesses claim to have pivoted at some point to avoid failure, but seventy-five percent of those businesses said the pivot was successful. I mean, Which that's, makes total sense. I think that, I think that says a lot. And I think that you know, it's this is like the least scientific answer, but you know, like I think one of the things is I've gotten older that that whole trust your gut. Well, the, the, um, the, look, the number one I thing can, about uh,
1: a the, the number one thing about a startup is you don't know what you don't know going into it, right? Like you you have you you think that you can build this thing, you think you can sell this thing, you think that people want it, right? But then when you get into it, you realize that you get this feedback, or you all of a sudden see this other opportunity. It's like, oh, now you're an expert in an industry that you knew a little bit about and decided to jump into like a crazy person. But now you're an expert in the industry. Now you better see the problem and you better see how to position yourself, right? Or whatever it is. And you make that pivot into that niche and, and that's where you become successful.
0: Yeah, and I think that when I think, you know, what I'm thinking right now and I'm thinking about our own stories, I'm thinking kind of like a submarine you know, like you're, you're under the surface of the water, you're cruising, you're just going full speed ahead. You, all, you don't really have a huge line of sight because your head's down, you're focused on your forward momentum. But sometimes you got to slow that thing down and come up to the surface and kind of look around and see what's yeah. going on. And that, and I think that if you, you know, a lot of people associate a pivot with, with failure or needing to change something. But I think you can also need and require pivots for businesses that grow really quickly. Like that's something that's been going on over the last six months with us at full scale. Cause man, that business grew fast. And some of the things that happened is you kind of leave some things in the dust. There's some things that there's a lot of unattended details and a lot of sometimes lack of attention for things. And like in our case, some of that was, was, um, things like attribution, like where, where has all of our leads, our business and our clients come from? And sometimes those things, like those are really sunny day things. And sometimes as long as they're coming in, you don't necessarily count them. And then I think you sit down and start to tally some of this stuff up and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So like at Full Scale, we get to just get a shitload of business from referrals. So what's making people refer us? or what? Do, and then also the podcast is one of those things. And then sometimes as well, you, I think with the pivot, you can also look. So you know, another example is Full Scale has a blog. We get like 50,000 visits uh, a month and we get a bunch of leads to it. But when we go, when we went back through and looked, we're like, wow. So we got to get like a whole lot of leads to get down to like three, four, five really high quality ones where maybe the ones that come from, okay, where when we get leads from a referral, they're pretty much good every time. So some of that stuff is like, how do you accentuate and build up one part of the business not necessarily killing the goose on the other side, but having some like, there's a lot more to- pivoting the the go-to-market strategy,
1: right? It's actually pivoting the product. It's pivoting the go-to-market strategy.
0: Well, and in that particular case, you're like, you could say, well, sometimes that's just what you go through to get a lead, but you got to take some consideration to the scalability because if all of a sudden you now need, now if it takes 50 leads to find three that are good, And, and as opposed to like referrals where nine out of 10 are good, you know, you're thinking, okay, that's only 10, that's 10 things or items or instances that I need to handle where the other side is 50. And then if you want to scale that up and you want that to get 10 times bigger and then you're like, shit, now I got to go through 500 people. Now, maybe that's just what you got to do. Like, I mean, I I love watching these shows where they mine gold and they move a mountain of dirt to find little pebbles and little tiny grains of sand of gold that, By the time they have it at the end and like dump these huge jars onto the scale, they have like a half a million dollars worth of gold right in front of them. But you can't see the gold when you look at the dirt. You got to wash it all through and try to find little pieces of it. Now that's a lot of work for that gold. Obviously, if you walk up to the hill and there's a big fat nugget of it sitting there, you're like, woohoo, you know, and that's a better thing, but it's not always easy. So like some of the things in this particular case, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily, uh, other than incentivizing or paying people to refer, which we've done in the past. Um, I don't know how to scale that up in a predictable way. So there's a, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that I think the one moral of the story is: is no matter what, as an entrepreneur, on some levels, every day is a journey into the unknown. You know, we look things at things are going to change. I mean, yeah, I mean, technically, at this point, this podcast has existed. Half of it has occurred during a pandemic. And so have all of your businesses. Or if you're getting ready to start one, you're on the tail end of one. And like, I mean, Matt, at any point of planning, doing anything for full scale, any of that, did we ever say before 2020, oh, but if a global pandemic comes along, we could lose 30% of our business in a month. Nope, nope. Right, there was no swap analysis that we had that issued global pandemic. And you know, here's the thing, we had other things on there. We even talked about like, you could have, uh, so most of our employees are in the Philippines, like you could have political unrest, you could have, I don't know, there's like a whole lot of stuff. I mean, we have an empl- one employee in We're Belarus, I was, reading, I was reading the article, an article the other day that Russia wants to, in, 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 may, might invade Ukraine. That's next door. You know, it's just like you, there's a zillion things that could come in there. And then the one thing you didn't plan for, you didn't think about comes up. Now that can also happen with opportunity. And that's where I want to end the show is like, keep your eyes up, keep your head up. I said, don't be that submarine that's under the surface all the time. Like, Put the periscope up and look around, look left, look right. I don't spend a lot of time looking behind me, Matt. Like what's kind of come, like I, I try to preserve the memory of the scars and the chaos and the shitty moments because they form your decisions in the future but if you're not up have your eyes up and looking around that was the hard thing like when we were at the first grade basketball game we'll end the show like we started the girls are looking straight down at the ground because they're just trying to keep the ball bouncing But as you get better at bouncing the ball, you got to bring your head up. You got to look for the open pass. You got to look for where someone could score or where you're about to run out of bounds or maybe into another player or another wall. So, you know, pivoting is can be a good thing. It's not the end of the world. And and just do it with confidence. Like if you're ready to pivot, like you got to sell it. You gotta say, hey, look, this is for the greater good of all of us. And for the greater good of all of us, Matt, I'm gonna end the show. So I'll see you next time. All right, man. See ya. Like, we do it.